What's up, family? It's Jackie and Natasha. And you are now on The Stoop with Cool. What's going on, Natasha? Well, you know, in honor of being a featured guest on your podcast, I had to come out to my stoop, which is my back porch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice. What's the weather there? Um, it's probably in the 50s. Uh, not bad, not bad. Not bad. It's a slight chill, but nothing I can't handle. I think it's like 60-ish here. Uh, so I'm not technically on a stoop anymore. I'm on the balcony. <laughs> um, but we still have those same wonderful stoop conversations. And you might hear, uh, you know, I tell y'all this every week. You might hear a uh, fire truck, somebody car alarm going off, somebody cussing somebody out, somebody <laughs> drunk walking up and down the street. But the sentiment is still the same. With that being said, how are you feeling in this moment? In this moment, yes. I am actively, I am very conscious that I am in a, a, a space of active healing. Mm. Um, that's how I feel in this moment. I feel I've recon uh, in a in a space where I'm reconciling a relationship with my father, nice. um, and it's very positive. Good, um, good. I'm also in a very good place with my uh, career. Um, I'm I'm walking in a manifestation, and I am making sure that I'm actively aware mm -hmm. and allowing myself space to rest. Nice. Um, and so I feel very evolved as I'm, well in this moment. And I feel that it is not only are well, you speaking with honor being on the podcast. It's an honor to have witnessed that uh, transformation and evolution that you speak of. And I'm glad that we're able to be in this moment. Yes, I feel like I'm uh, I'm in a rebirth of myself in mm -hmm. a way. Yes, and it's, it's interesting. I feel. Uh, you feel rich. God. <laughs> I feel rich. I'm <laughs> feeling very rich. Rickin, <laughs> as our friend T.S. Madison would say. Shout out to the T.S. and the Madison. Shout out to my baby Maddie. Yes. Love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know I'm silly. <laughs> but go ahead. Finish what you were saying. Oh, yes. Um, I, I feel so reborn again when I, I just moved back from Tennessee to Ohio not long ago and um, there was some work to do there was mm -hmm. some work to do with repairing relationships reconnecting relationships after mm -hmm. a lot of fa uh, familial fallout after mm -hmm. you know losing loved ones and you know that comes with so many different layers but I was welcome home with so much joy from my family that I was able to build, which was my friends over the years. And some of my actual family too, you know, everybody's not so bad, but it's, um, it feels so fresh and so new. Like, I feel like God just, you know, took me right out the wrapper again, fresh mm. out the package. <laughs> Placenta and all. 
listen so it's a really good place to be in and i i feel so grateful i feel so chosen like mm. and, and, and i want to accept that and receive what he's presenting in front of me i love that mm -hmm. that sounds like you have a very lucid understanding of what's happening and what's going to happen yes and i it, it it's it's funny because i brace myself for some of the moments mm -hmm. but i'm like but you worked for this this mm -hmm. is and, and i find that a pattern in my life is um you know i struggle with interpersonal relationships i think we all have in different ways Absolutely. where you the effort that you put in sometimes to people you don't get the um you don't get the reward that you put in or the energy that you put into some stuff. But for me with work, it's always been what I put in, I'm getting back. Mm. What I put in, I get back. And so to see that pattern manifest in business at this phase with my um, experience, mm. I'm like, wow, I, ha I prayed a prayer in February of 2021. Mm -hmm. I knew I was ready to move on from my work situation that I was in. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a bad place to be in. It was a blessed place to be in. But I had mm -hmm. knew that I had outgrown it. Right, you know, right, it was right. time to move on. But I didn't know what. I was like, well, I have all these talents. I got, I done got this license, that license. I can do hair, nail, skin, makeup. Mm -hmm. I know how to lead. I can do HR. God, what do you want me to land? I don't know. And then I was, you know, scrolling on TikTok. And, you know, I'm on manifestation TikTok. I like to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> some stuff positive Absolutely. and a, <laughs> a lady had did this quick video and she said when you're struggling to figure out what to do in a situation mm -hmm. she said ask God or whoever you pray to show me how it gets better and let mm. it go and I said okay I can do that I was in my backyard walking my dog let my dog out and I said okay God show me how it gets better and Pookie was doing her thing <laughs> she was doing her thing and I was like okay and a month later I had well you know weeks later I had gotten feral because I was in the house for all of 2020 God ooh, mm -hmm. I made it I was I worked from home and I you know stayed distance and I said I need to get out of this house and go do something and travel I'm going to go crazy mm -hmm. and so I figured out my way to Jamaica and I mm -hmm. you know put out a little message to my friends and say hey I'll be here these dates if you can meet me there, meet me there, you know? Mm -hmm. And one person came with me, my one of my oldest friends. Mm -hmm. And that was a healing situation too, because we had not talked as often as we had in, in a few years. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a fallout, you know, people just, you know, lives, families, exactly. You got kids mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm the low maintenance friend, it was no pressure. Mm -hmm. um, but I was feeling some type of way about her because I was mad she didn't come to my mom's funeral. And I was like, I needed you and you weren't there. And I didn't know how to articulate that to her. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I got a message from her sister and I scrolled up and it was around the time that my mom died that she had messaged me, but I missed the message. Mm. And, she, and the sister had told me, hey, Tasha, I love you. You know, we love you. And she said that my best friend, she's like, you know, she's not very good at this type of stuff. So I just want to make sure that you know from this end of the, the family that we are here in spirit with you. And I said, oh, my God, I was I so wrapped up. In, I was so wrapped up in my own feelings, naturally, because of grief. 
I forgot that my friend struggled with grief because she lost a parent at a very early age, both of her parents. Mm. And so I didn't remember that she didn't do funerals well, you know, and she was close with my mama. And so I was like, oh, my God, I didn't give her that grace. And so I never brought it up on the trip. We just went and had a good old time and reconnected. Because it's a time and a place. It's a time and a place. And I felt like I understood it and I could let it go. And I didn't Mm -hmm. need to, like, have that moment. Mm -hmm. And but... um, we had so much fun because we were so poor. We were so poor coming up. <laughs> and we never could afford to travel very far out of Cincinnati when we was like, come, we've been friends since we were 12. Mm-hmm. And so we were so broke. And we was like, girl, this is our first time ever traveling somewhere far. And we out of the country. And it was her first time out of the country. She beat me there by two days. She lived her best life. And she goes, girl, we got to do this. We got to do this once a month. Cause I go somewhere once a month. I said, "Girl, I gotta, I can't leave once a month. I got this job. I ain't got that much vacation time." Right. She said, "Well, girl, I'm gonna give you the game. I started a business, and I'll show you how to, you know, enter into this business. You need some seed money. Can can you raise so much capital?" I said, "Well, yes, I can raise that much capital." Mm-hmm. And she showed me her deposits, and I said, "Oh, okay." This is what we do. <laughs> This is what we doing. And so I baby, she babysat me into understanding more about the industry. Um, you and know, shout I, out to her for not gatekeeping. Oh my God, right? Like I said, God, what I was just blown away that she would be like handing me this level of business like that. And um you also prayed for it. I did pray for her. It was mad respect. And I said, oh, well, God, I wasn't expecting you to show up, but here we are. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me about a year to get everything in order. And then I quit my job in December of 2021. Mm-hmm. On Black Friday, I came into work looking for my boss. She wasn't there. I called her and told her the news. And it was a, it's been a, a, a whirlwind since then, but I wouldn't change it. It's been great. But tell um, us about the trip. Like, was it all-inclusive? Oh, yeah. So it was an all-inclusive in Montego Bay, Jamaica. And I had heard about, you know, from some of my travel friends and those spaces and, like, Facebook. And I did my homework on the hotel. And mm-hmm. that it was, like, for my flight in the hotel, I spent $1,200, and I was there for five days. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. It was it was great and um, did y'all do the little boat ride thingy with a man with the little stick be pulling the boat along? You know, initially I wanted to go do some excursions, mm-hmm. but they had for the first three days they were under a, a curfew because uh, the COVID cases had spiked. So I was like, nah. And then I'm the type of travel person. I when they talk about the magazine travel and leisure. Mm-hmm. Honey, I'm heavy on the leisure, okay? <laughs> I'm heavy on the leisure. I like to relax. I'm it. an early riser. You know, I was able to get up, go to breakfast, come back, get myself together, get cute, go to the pool. I was in the swim-up bar for most of the day, and I would, you know, uh, go over to the, the beach and get me a chair and a shady palm tree and take a nap and read some read some of my book and go and swim and come back. It was really all about me for just to un, truly unwind. I love that. I love that. So, yeah, it was lovely. Then we so turned around. You're oh, more of a sunrise versus, because I'm more of a sunset person, so it sounds like you're more of a sunrise. I am a sunriser on vacation. But, you know, 
that could it changes. You know, it changes sometimes. I think the the output that I had at the time with work mm -hmm. really forced me to want that level of relaxation. But as mm -hmm. my freedom has shifted, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll be a, a night owl more on my my next vacation. I might be. Because now I don't have as much mental exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, let me go to bed. Like, you know, because I find myself being up later at night as an entrepreneur. Like I'm, I rise, I rise later. Right, right. So right. I might be ready to like. My friends are trying to get me to go to Vegas. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to hit the town. <laughs> and that's one place I've never been. Same, but I've I feel like, been. what is it to do other than the strip? Like, I would want to hook up with somebody that actually lives there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's obviously, it's kind of like somebody that's never been to New York, so you got to go to Times Square kind of thing. So I would do the strip, but then I want to do what y'all do. Like, where's y'all, like, local little hole-in-the-wall bars or your favorite places to eat or a nice little mag... Not magazine, what am I talking about? Museum or... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or where the nickels at? What the nickels at? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know what? I feel that because I do like to travel some places. More of my domestic cities mm -hmm. that I've been to. I want to feel like I live there. Yeah. You know, like New, New Orleans is my best example city. Like you can do all the tourist stuff you want to on Bourbon. Do it. I say for everybody, go to Bourbon Street once or twice. Right, right, but go right. around the French Quarter. There's so many like small bars with the locals and the music and the, the true culture of the city. Absolutely. I want to see my girl. Why not? It's, it's, too many, it's too many tourists. It's not overpriced, but it's too much traffic. And my rule of thumb at any place, a restaurant local or traveling, mm. is if the bathroom is not clean, mm. don't eat there. And the bathrooms are never Right. <laughs> that <laughs> is a word of advice. <laughs> because now that you say that, when I think of some of the spots that I've been here, a lot of bathrooms are really cool. Like the lighting, like it may be like a red light with graffiti on the walls. But And I never touch the toilet seat. I always kick it up with my feet. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, Cause even though it may look clean, you know what I mean. I don't want to be touching no pubic hairs and all of that. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's a good word of advice. That's something I actually never thought of. You know, I always look at that. If the bathroom nasty, and if the <laughs> server give me, if any, if the server give me a little attitude, or any of the staff have an attitude, it's a wrap. It's a wrap because you know, in some of those, you know, unfortunately, in some of those ethnic restaurants. The food is delicious, but sometimes culturally, they don't have a lot of respect for black and brown people, this even though they might be, you know, have some color to themselves. And I say, oh, no, baby, if you got a stank attitude. You willing to play with my food and I ain't got time. And a perfect example, I went to, have you heard of Jolly Bees before? Uh-huh. I love Jolly Bees. And for those that don't know, Jolly Bee is a Filipino fast food restaurant. Kind of like their version of like KFC or Popeyes. Um, so they serve the chicken with the gravy and the spaghetti. And I think they have hamburgers, a bunch of different stuff. Anyway, that's not the point. So I was in there and I either have to go to Queens or to Manhattan to go. So I usually go to the one in Manhattan. 
And so I get there, I order my food. This is, you know, at the height of COVID-ish. And so there's no indoor dining, obviously carry out only. And so I order my food and I'm standing there watching this one lady prepare the food, bag it, do whatever. Then I noticed with them same gloves that she had on, she went and changed the garbage. And then came back and I said, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her a second because maybe she's going to change them gloves. She didn't. So mm. I pulled who I thought was the manager and you know, I didn't want to cause a ruckus. I wasn't trying to get her in trouble or cause an uproar or whatever. Um, but I just kind of, you know, leaned into her like, hey, this is what just happened. And so she pulled her to the side, made her change her gloves, you know, wash her hands, change her gloves, that whole thing. But it's like, what if I had not seen that? Right. And how many times did she do that that day? Oh, my God. Like Then I was in a best amount the other day. And I'm minding my black ass business. And I saw mm-hmm. something move out the corner of my eye. Oh. And it was Tom and motherfucking Jerry trying to <laughs> climb up the counter. No. I no. Said I gotta, like, it was no, they were so brazen about it. Like, they didn't even care. Like, we do this all the time type shit. Wow. And it was right next to this guy's foot. And I first, I was too stunned to speak. <laughs> and then before I knew it, I just turned around and walked out. And I know this is New York. I know that it's probably a rat, a mouse, whatever you want to call it. They all the damn same to me at the end of the day. One's just bigger than the other one. Um, so I know there's probably one in every building. But some things I don't need to see. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Give me illusion, please. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I won't be eating here again. But that's why I go to the bodegas. If you don't have a cat in your bodega, I don't want nothing out of there. Because <laughs> you know that cat acts as the manager. Now listen, I have not experienced, um, had my true bodega experience in New York. So the next time I'm happen. visiting, I have to go get me a um. Bacon, egg, and cheese. What the hell they say? It's one word. One word. Bacon, egg, and cheese. I'm probably saying it wrong. Too southern. But I usually do bacon, egg, and cheese. I do pastrami, egg, and cheese. Sausage, egg, and cheese. Uh, I had a chopped cheese before. Mm -hmm. Which was like hamburger helper on a bun. Mm. It was nothing special to me anyway. (laughs) Um, but it's something about that bacon, egg, and cheese in the morning with coffee or, you know, whatever your beverage of choice is. What they say, don't forget the best. Now, what kind of bread is it? Is it a biscuit or a croissant or just like sandwich bread? It's kind of like a roll. It's not mm. brioche. It's kind of fluffy like brioche. But it's not brioche. And some people get it toasted. Some people don't. I don't like mine toasted. Um... But it's real fluffy and light. And mm-hmm. when you just bite into it, it's just mm. sex. Who needs that? You gotta make it. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs it? Who needs it? 
That is so funny. So now, yeah, what's the common like that drinks happen? that people get? Because like in New Orleans, one thing that I noticed, like people love the big shot sodas. Right. right. They're kind of a cold, cold drink. drink. Right. Cold drink. Now, what's the thing in the uh, in Brooklyn that's like the common soda or pop that people would get, or you know? So everybody, well, I don't say everybody, but most people do Arizona, be it the twist top or be it the can. Um, that's the biggest one that I notice is mm-hmm. Arizona. Um, me, and I like Arizona. It's okay, like, but I would usually get uh, either coffee, water, or um, what is that called? I can't think of the name of it, but it's a. So since the pandemic, I haven't had soda, uh, so I replaced it with either kombucha, or there's another drink that has. It's a substitute for ginger ale, but it actually has like little flecks of ginger at the bottom. Mm. And so you just kind of give it, not you obviously don't shake it because it's carbonated, but give it a little twist of the wrist. It's like, mm-hmm. like I call it. Um, so that's usually what I would get. Um, but yeah, it's Arizona for the win. Okay, okay. And I'm not a native New Yorker. And if there's any native New Yorkers listening to this, please don't kill me if you see me. <laughs> I try. I mean, I've been here almost 10 years, so I feel like... Oh, my God. It's been almost 10 years, Jackie. Yeah, it's, like, officially been eight this year, but, you know, I'm just going to round it up at this point. That's amazing. Yeah. I remember that's that was something you always talked about. Yeah. Is going to New York, and you picked up, you punched it, and was like, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going to figure it out. And it's been amazing and exciting to hear your journey and your adventures. Oh, my God. There have been many. Yes. (laughs) There's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And for anybody that's listening to this that is thinking about moving, and I'm sure you can attest to this, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Just do it. And if you do talk about it, know the right people to talk to it about. Because, you know, people are like, oh, it's so expensive or it's this. So it's like they think any and everything to try to talk you out of taking that next step. And to be completely transparent, when I moved here, I had less than $1,000 in my bank account. Oh, wow. And I remember working a job getting like a little hosting job across the street from where I was staying. And I started off in Harlem. And I come to find out that restaurant, I can't remember the name of it, but it was on Love and Hip Hop. Love and Hip Hop, Housewives, one of them damn toxic ass shows. (laughs) Um, But child, they fired me because I ain't never did no damn hosting. So then I got this other job at this other restaurant as a host. Because, you know, I'm thinking I'm personable, this, that, and the third. So I hadn't been in New York probably six months. And my brother was being inducted into his high school's Hall of Fame. So it's like, I dare not miss that. That's history. Like, you know what I'm saying? Child got back, they fired me from that job. They like, I remember you that off? story. <laughs> <laughs> how are you taking off? And I'm like, shit, I ain't about to miss this one. 
Um, but it's been an, it's been an adventure, um, and I will say that I moved to New York with under the guise of this is a resume town, and if you can get this city on your resume with some notable, credible organizations, companies, nonprofits, museums, restaurant, whatever, you literally can work around the world. And I had the pleasure and the honor of working at Bloomingdale's on 59th Street. And just the history of that store alone, hmm. I could cry thinking about it. Cause it was like, wow. And I walked in there, I remember I had on these wet ass, cheap ass, pay less boots. Cause it was snowing. <laughs> Child, my feet was soaking wet. <laughs> and I was like, are y'all hired? I just went around to the different makeup counters. Uh, and shout out to Leah. She'll probably never hear this. Um, but she was like, we actually are hiring. So she gave me a face chart. And if anybody's ever been to a makeup counter, you know what a face chart is. If you don't. Mm-hmm. Move and she's like, you know, look at this and we'll set you up with an interview. So she called me about the interview. She's like, make sure you have a model. My model ended up canceling. And so I was trying to pull somebody from the aisle at the store, nobody was going for it. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna just take my makeup off and you can do my makeup. And that was history, that was history. So I did that for a while. So I've had the opportunity to work for the Burberry's, the Tom Ford's, um, so many people, so many people. Um, so now I'm moving more into my black owned business. Shout out to Noel. Noel, that's my boo. She has her uh, makeup line in a real cute little kind of vintage, rustic kind of shop in uh, mm. Manhattan. You would like her. You would like her. She's very um, inclusive when it comes to makeup. Um, so anyway, that's where I'm moving more. You know, the big brands are cool. But it's like when I looked at the top 10, excuse me, beauty influencers as far as makeup brands go none of them look like me or you and i have a problem with that i have a problem with that so i'm going to start supporting and using my voice and my talents to uplift my people you don't understand what i'm saying period child we don't went a whole damn near half an hour and ain't even got into the <laughs> word of the day Let's do it. Wait, let me take a sip of my cold drink. It ain't a cold <laughs> drink, but don't tell nobody. What you sipping on? Man, your business. <laughs> I have a, no, uh, a, a sparkling ice. You know, those zero sugar drinks. With the little I flavor. just discovered those. I actually like those. I adore them. I had one. It was too sweet, though. It was kind of like a reddish color, maybe like pomegranate and mm. it was too sweet. But no, I do I like know that one well. No, but I have a little sparkling champagne. Oh, now I, I do have a bonus drink, grown <laughs> up drink. I'm drinking <laughs> some Matua Sauvignon Blanc. It's a 2021 bottle. I love it. 
and it is from New Zealand, which is my favorite region for Sauvignon Blanc around the globe. If it's not from New Zealand, I don't want it. You are so silly. And I just learned about, what is it? How does she place it? There was house, was it house champagne and growers champagne. Mm. And so the grower champagne is obviously those farmers are growing their own grapes and creating their own champagne versus the house is buying from those growers and then manufacturing it in that way. And I was like, oh, so now when I get champagne, I'm like, do you have any growers champagne? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Let's get into this word of the day. Hold on, let me turn on this light because it's dark outside. So the word of the day is unconscious bias. An unconscious bias is a negative term which was added to the Oxford English Dictionary last year. Everyone has an unconscious belief of other groups and these beliefs can cause them to discriminate against others. There is also a conscious bias. Their discrimination is intentional. And I want to talk about both of those terms because when we think of, we're in an uptick of uh, racial disparities, redlining, uh, discrimination, prejudice, like the whole gamut, like, the world is in a clusterfuck. And when I think of unconscious or conscious bias, I, it made me think of the word prejudice. And we all, whether we want to admit it or not, have a preconceived notion about other cultures. And, excuse me, you know, we grew up, and let me not say we, let me speak for myself. We grew up saying, you know, oh, this culture eats dogs and cats. Or this culture, they use a lot of curry and they smell bad. Or this particular culture, white people, don't bathe properly. Um, and so we all have that kind of prejudgment about other people. And the one thing that I do love about living I'm going to say the most diversity in the world, I might be wrong about that, is that it's allowed me to open my eyes and let go of some of those unconscious biases. And I remember landing here and seeing this guy who presented white to me, and he was speaking Spanish. Mm. And I was like, well, white people speak Spanish. So then it had to <laughs> open up my eyes to race versus ethnicity versus nationality. And that was something, you know, growing up in Cincinnati, I never experienced that. Like, you was either black, you was white, or you was mixed. Mm -hmm. I didn't see nothing else. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're absolutely right. Our, six, our city remains about 60% white. Uh, and about 30% black. And we have a growing Lat uh, Latino or Latin population and, you know, and every everybody else in between. Exactly. But you're absolutely right. 
So being here has really opened my eyes and, you know, working, like I said, in Bloomingdale's and dealing with any and everybody and then even having the experience of working in a Dominican barbershop was really mind blowing because when we think of the stigma as a black gay man, a feminine presenting black gay man, mm-hmm. going into a barbershop is like, I would almost rather drag my booty hole on concrete. than go in there like um, so actually working there was an eye opener for me and seeing how when they would order food they would order massive amounts of food and I would be like no I'm cool and they would almost get offended Mm. like no you need to eat and I'm like okay I mean I'll do that but that's a part of their culture you know, when one person eats, everybody about to eat. Mm. And I think that's one thing that we are missing in our community. And not literally when I eat, everybody eat, but even like that young lady gave you the jewels. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to eat, my sister going to eat. She led you to water. Oh, my God. So that is so important. And... When we think of, with all of the hate that's going on in the world, and like I said, we all have those conscious or unconscious biases, lead with love, lead with understanding, and lead with a listening ear. Your ass ain't always got to have a rebuttal. Mm. Sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up and listen. If it's a situation where black women are centered, let black women speak. Be there, stand there. If it's a situation with the LGBT, uh, elemental P, because I'm sure it's going to be some more letters added. (laughs) And we welcome that. We welcome it. Listen. And with that being said, we're going to move into, well, let me not say what that being said. Do you want to add anything to that? Yes, thank you. Um, well, what resonated for me was, you know, what you shared resonated with me a great deal. But what something that's been coming up in conversation that's related to prejudice in my space with my friends that I've been talking about is how we have a culture of competition. Mm. Right? Um, you know, our our nation is you know, the propaganda in the United States is we're the best. We're the best country on the planet. We're number one, right? Mm-hmm. But then that's like macro. But when you go micro socially, like day to day, I find that in social situations, um, I am not a very critical person when it comes to meeting people. Mm-hmm. I've never been a uh, been struggled to create meaningful friendships, right? Absolutely. Um, and, it, and I think it's because I'm naturally curious about other people and I make space to kind of understand who they are. It fascinates me, yes. you know, what, what people's experiences are. And I think I've naturally just been like that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn that not everybody has that mindset and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I was experiencing from people was they had a preconceived notion of who I was and people still do, right? Like they see me as, you know, somebody knows my background. You know, I mentioned before, like me and my best friend, we were poor. We grew up on the side of the train tracks. You know, we lived in the projects. 
-hmm. our parents were low income working class people mm -hmm. you know um they they robbed peter to pay paul to keep them lights on and stuff and so um i dealt with a lot of classism as I was trying to uh, elevate myself out of poverty and not get into the cycle of poverty that was happening around me. Right, right, and so right, what right. I noticed from people in those communities was they were on defense. And so the defense would be, you know, one thing that came up for me a lot was in, with like dating. I don't have children, you know, as a younger person here, the Midwest is all about family, right? Absolutely. And so like, what's wrong with you? You don't want kids? You don't like kids? I'm like, whoa, this is aggressive. Okay. But what I, what I came to learn was some people are very insecure about themselves, right? There's an insecurity with resources, with the finance. There's an insecurity with education and access to stuff. So they already, in their mind, they might be thinking I'm already criticizing them before I can have a conversation with them. So they're, they're projecting. Absolutely. People project. Absolutely. And I have listen i had to learn that as a supreme emotional being that i'm carrying the weight on my back of understanding that some people don't have the understanding Absolutely. and i cannot react but I, what i learned to say or ask are you okay <laughs> are you okay you know it's the next for more so, so for my mental health because i felt like well whoa you know it's easy for people to feel like they can step on me because society has said I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. But baby, I'm I am the pole. What do you uh, mean? Uh, the totem and the pole. The totem and the pole, baby. Get into it. And so when it comes to prejudice, that is my experience with it, mostly in my community. Of course, you know, we can go on and on about that as far as living in a city that's predominantly white and how oh, prejudice yeah. shows up. I will be, you know, lower. We'll be We'll need a year to talk about that, but <laughs> and I can imagine being a woman and a black woman having those societal pressures to where you're supposed to be a mother by this time or you're supposed to be married by the age of thirty. So what does that feel like? And you, you spoke know, a little it bit feels, about that. Yes. It from this vantage point at this phase of my life at thirty nine, um, and knowing more about myself and my health. Um, I, I kind of take that as I, I'm, I've always been a little different, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I've always marched to the beat of my own drum and, I can you, know, I just, you know, and I just kind of came to a point to where that's not my story and that's okay. There are other things to, that we can relate to, to connect. And what I, my, one of my close friends, two of my closest friends are, um, they have big families. They mm -hmm. both have five children. Okay. A piece separate. So oh, I'm a godmama to them first two or 10 kids. Okay. And so when we talk more recently, I've experienced, um, some challenges with my health and fertility. I am a black woman that is somebody impacted by fibroid tumors, you know? Mm. And so, I, I can't have children. I actually have to have a hysterectomy um, because of the size of the fibroids. And I went through a lot of valleys and I just found that out in the last three months, you know. But uh, it's, if I wouldn't have came home and when I got that news, God knows where, what space I would be in. But I'm talking to one of my good friends that's, that's got the five kids, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk about how our lives parallel so much. 
she's ready to transition. Her kids are older. They're almost all, you know, either teenagers or out of her house, right or grown. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I am, I've been a mom. I've been, been taking care of people for 20 years, over 20 years. I'm ready. I'm tired of, <laughs> I'm ready to move on. What you say, fuck them kids. Listen, and people judge her because she has so many kids. And then I got the judgment and the criticism because I didn't have any. It's so like, make came, it make sense. <laughs> exactly. What we came to in our conversation of kind of talking through the healing with each other was it wouldn't matter what we did. Somebody was going to have something to say. That is an actual fact. Okay. And, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. But the one that matters is yours. How do you see yourself? What do you know to be true? And I say, you know what? I am living the life that God gave me. I'm playing the hand that I've been dealt. There are other entry points to motherhood when I'm ready, if I choose to do so. But I, I also like the title of Fabulous Rich, rich Auntie. Best you know? <laughs> I say, ooh, it's fun being the rock star aunt or uncle that people love and you get to spoil them and send them on home. You know? That's going to be me. <laughs> that is, that is me. all right. Because I'm and, everybody God mama. Everybody that made me the God mama. <laughs> and the auntie, so it's all good. I love it. And listening to you talk about the fibroid, one of my other homegirls was talking to me about that. So I hope that this message, because what you said was a whole word. And it was open. It was honest. It was very transparent. And I appreciate you for that. And I hope that somebody hears that and feels like they can keep going. And they can keep swimming. So. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't even want to go to Breaking Beauty, but we <laughs> have to. We have to. Let's do it. All right. The next segment, Breaking Beauty. As summer is approaching, thank goodness, <laughs> because seasonal depression is a thing, mm. and it's something that, since we've been transparent, that I don't say that I've actually been diagnosed, but I'm also honest with myself, and I know my body. I know everything from when I'm going to have to pee, when I'm going to have to poop. You know, you just know your body. You know your body. Or you should, I should say. And I was in such a weird space, you know, and I don't want to say coming off the pandemic because the shit is still happening. But, you know, being locked down, I don't have a problem with my own company. I love Excuse me, being by myself, I enjoy myself. I can make myself laugh. I can make myself cry. Um, you know, all of those good things. Um, but it got to a point where you wake up, it's dark. You come back home, it's dark. It's like, where the fuck is the sun? And so now that we're getting longer days and warmer nights, and it's like, okay, I'm feeling like myself. And I think that a lot of people deal with it knowingly and unknowingly 
And for me, I'm able to work through it, you know, making sure I stay hydrated, making sure I eat right. Or if I don't eat right, I'm going to honor my craving. If I want some pop ass, I'm going to give me some pop ass. Period. With the mashed potatoes and gravy and a biscuit. <laughs> and don't forget the red beans and rice. And I want a lot of But it's just knowing yourself, honoring your uh, feelings, and knowing that your feelings are valid. And for me, it's knowing the people that I can talk to that are not judgmental and a lot of times I know what I need to do sometimes I just need to speak out loud and sometimes I might need some advice but one thing that I've been implementing with my uh, close people is you know they may say I'm, you know I'm going through this okay so do you want me to listen or do you want me to offer any advice before you even get started? And so that way I know how the conversation is going to be set up. And either way, I'm going to listen. But I'm also going to listen to understand and not listen to respond. Mm. And a lot of times we listen to respond. It's like, did you hear what I just said? Like, I just said that. Or I just said this. Um, so I say all of that to say that be kind to yourself. And in turn, you'll be kind to others. And we'll get to that in the uh, teaspoon of pop culture. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so, you know, be careful, be kind, be vigilant. And know yourself. And wear your sunscreen. Uh-oh. All right. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. <laughs> so let's move on to Breaking Beauty. Uh, and I hope somebody hears this and somebody... I try not to be too transparent, but I want to be transparent because I don't want people to think they know me like that. So what I think <laughs> they're going to... And I'm very careful about what I share because then people turn around and try to use it against you. Oh, yes. That is a topic that came up when it came to my health recently because I was never very vocal with my some of my friends about my desire to be a mother. And so they just assumed that I didn't want kids because I that didn't really talk about it. I hadn't had none, really. But I was devastated when I got that news, you know, because I, you know, I, I wanted to experience motherhood the old-fashioned way. Right, right, right. And so, um, and I shared the reason why I had not spoken about it. It was because I had experienced so much negativity mm-hmm. about not being a mother yet. And then when I shared my desires with a family member, you know, when they got upset because I told them, no, I could not do something for them. Mm-hmm. They, you know, financially, they needed help. I, I couldn't do it. I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And they got mad and was like, well, that's why you can't have no kids. And I'm like, well, what the what does that have to do with the price of beans in China? <laughs> what does that have to do with the price of beans in China, ma'am? Like, you trying to hit me below the belt because your ego is hurt because I told you no. Right. No is a complete sentence and you and 
I have every right to say that. If I don't have it, I don't have it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't owe anybody anything, but how dare you disrespect me like that and then turn around and ask me for resources? Absolutely not. And so from there, I was like, this is very sacred to me. You know, and I'm not sure how I feel about it some days. Some days I'm sure, some days I'm not. But I didn't feel like it was a safe thing to share with people. Right. And so, you know, my one of my she kids trying to wrap her head around, like, but you never talk about it. I didn't, you know, I'm like, well, because I didn't talk about it doesn't mean that I didn't desire it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like it was a safe space to necessarily. And I didn't necessarily think that she would say anything harmful to me or weaponize it against me. I just didn't want to experience that again. So I just never said anything. So I understand. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And like you said, that whole projection thing and um, you asking me for help. And so right. how are you going to try to shit on me? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Yeah, it's like the psychology of it all. It's like it's I'm so not. glad that therapy and counseling has become a not so stigmatized part of our conversation. Absolutely. Because so many people did not understand that mental health care was very important. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, please explore your options, baby, because you're hurting yourself and your community. <laughs> really? And then you hurt insurance. Mm-hmm. Which I keep having. You know what? I'm going to shut up. <laughs> going for this damn Breaking Beauty child. Uh, so with Breaking Beauty, I wanted to talk about moisturizer. Um, so moisturizer that I use, usually during the winter, is shea butter. Um and if you listen a couple of podcasts back, we talked about all the benefits that shea butter has naturally. And so now that the summer is coming, spring, summer is coming, with me being an oilier skin type, that's not an option for me. Now, it's an option for my body, mm-hmm. but not necessarily my face, because my face tends to be a little oilier for whatever reason than the rest of my body. Um, so with me being an oilier skin type, then I move more into the gel category, something a little more light, a little more refreshing. Um, so oily skin, get you a gel moisturizer for dry skin. I would go for more of a cream and for combination skin where maybe you're a little oilier in a T-zone and a little drier on the cheeks or chin or wherever then I would go with more of a lotion. And I thought about the difference between a cream and a lotion. And a cream is a little thicker. And a lotion is like the perfect hybrid of a gel and a cream. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense for me because I'm a combination oily t-zone girl mm-hmm. and my cheeks are like the sahara desert mm. okay and i am experiencing switching climates because yes. living in the south there's humidity of some sort year round right, right, and right. so my skin is a child genetically from the 
African equatorial sun. Come on, equatorial. Equatorial. We love, my, <laughs> my skin loves the humidity. My hair was like, yes, moisturize me. I'm alive. And so my skincare routine changed um, significantly when I just moved back. So my skin was so dry. I have like this patch on my cheek. Mm-hmm. And it was also a combination, I think, of changing the the climate, my diet mm-hmm. changed, moving mm-hmm. back, and it had to adjust. Um, and then my um, my pillows, I had more cotton pillows, mm-hmm. cotton pillowcases, because I kind of downgraded some of my stuff initially. I just brought the basics. You um, okay, and then I was sharing a space. I have, you know, temporarily moved back in my parents' home. Mm-hmm. As, as I transitioned back, and I just moved into my new place uh, last month. Congrats. But Thank you. Mm-hmm. But my dad smokes, and he started smoking inside the house. So there's that. So my skin is at war with me. And mm-hmm. now that I'm in my own space, I've been, I moved in March 21st. I have been on a mission to get my skin back in shape as far as my cheeks because that dry patch, it actually created some hyperpigmentation. Mm. And so, and then I have my skin during my cycle, I get period acne, even though I'm 39, I still get, you know, breakouts um, in my T-zone. And so my my routine has been at night, I got a serum Mm -hmm. and I have a retinol like a liquid retinol, it's almost like an oil from the ordinary company. And so I'll do my retinol. Oh my gosh, it's so like simple. No month, no month. It's so affordable. That part. Yeah. Okay. Retinol solution was like seven bucks. I said, what? Yeah. And it gets the it's a workhorse. It's a workhorse, okay? Um and so start with me, walk me through your routine from cleanser. Oh, um, yeah. A so to B. Right now, because it's shifts, I'm using, I just have like a, uh, it's like a gel foaming cleanser. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that. I'll, um, you know what? I am not familiar with the brand. It was actually something from Ulta that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on the clearance section. <laughs> Let's you see. like a good cleanser. <laughs> it's Botanics is the brand. I just went in the bathroom, so you got a little echo. Oh, I've heard of them. I think they got a line of makeup brushes. I think they do. I could be wrong about that. Anyway. But I, so I have their uh, foaming hibiscus cleanser. Mm-hmm. And then I have their uh, snow mushroom serum, mm. which is like a little uh, aging, anti-aging serum. And then I have their hydrating night cream. And so I'll go through, wash twice. Mm-hmm. Pat dry, and then I do. I mix my serum with the retinol, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I go to my glazed donut phase, and I let it my skin soak it up. Right. Um, and then I've been trying to make sure that I do a lip scrub because I have this little brown sugar lip scrub stuff that I got gifted, and so I'll do that maybe once or twice a week that just is to important. get my lips. Mm-hmm, a little sloughing, especially in the winter here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and my morning routine is pretty basic. Um, I'll wash again in the morning because you don't want to go out in the sun with the retinol on your skin. 
Correct. It's not sun friendly. So I do my morning wash and then I use an SPF moisturizer. Mm. And it's just a simple one. It's CeraVe. I really don't like it, but I'm committed to finishing the bottle. I love CeraVe products. So I'm not really a fan of the SPF daytime moisturizer because it does leave a cast. And if I just wanted to go make up less, I look ashy. I'm now, have ashy. you heard of, um, it's a brand in Target. Is it Black Girl Sunscreen? It is, and I always forget about that. Yeah. But what I have been doing, um, last month, I finally got some of the Fenty, um, it's like their tinted moisturizer. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been doing is, so I'm just, I got so comfortable during the pandemic. Before the pandemic, when I was going to work, oh, my face would be beat every day. When I didn't have to wear a mask, beat. You <laughs> so silly. Okay, on the hitting the pavement, okay? Um, and I said, well, what am I putting on this makeup for? And now I'm like, girl, you got to live your life. You better, you know, put on a little something. You never know. You might need to get a yes. That's why I wear makeup for the yes, okay? And what's the yes? The yes could be anything that I might need in this world. Because mm. as a black woman, you know, people already got me already pegged out and what their perception is. But I fight that with um, my privilege of beauty. Mm. Beauty, your my, skin my... is magic. Thank you. Thank you. I do have a canvas. Despite my ashen skin and my, my dry zones, I do have a canvas. And so, as, as Brandy would say, I got a canvas now. It might not be perfect, but it's a canvas. And so I heard an older, this older lady, I heard her say that to a, a, one of my peers. Mm -hmm. She said, you always make sure you look, you, you look nice and you always come out the house with your makeup on because you never know when you might need to get a yes. And what I find is, you know, people are disarmed by softness, by, uh, as the, the people calling it now, divine feminine energy. Divine I weaponize it for my for good As you, so, should. you know i'm joyful about my life anyways mm -hmm. but i find people i'm the type of person i'll go to the grocery store i will be minding my business my black ass business not talking to nobody somebody gonna strike up a conversation with me mm -hmm. every time well when, you know what do you think about this i haven't never tried this before and every time i come in, and then i'm like you know what you absolutely right this is fair this is not what it used to be it is out of sync, you know. <laughs> um, and so, for instance, I had a service. If I have a service person coming here to do something for me, mm -hmm. I ain't about to be looking like I just rolled out of bed. I don't care. What if something go wrong and I need, you know, well, you know what, ma'am? I'm going to make sure we take care of that for you. Thank you so much. I'm going to bat my eyelashes and, and have on my rouge. Not the rouge. Have my rouge. Listen. <laughs> 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 and, and it's so, so yeah. funny because I think that same way when I travel because the mm. cleaner and more polished you look the better service you get it's unfortunate it is but it's a thing it's it a thing. is unfortunate but I love it I love it I love it uh, it was funny I was walking down the street earlier was I on the phone with you no I was on the phone with my homegirl shout out to her um, 
And this guy, it was two guys, they was walking, and he looked over, he was like, you look like me. I said, because we brothers. And we did a little fist bump, and then I, you know, held my fist up as I walked through it, black power. Like, shit, we came from the same. Period. And I love us. I really do, because we be so random and so complimentary. <laughs> of each other. Okay, um, polka dots. I see you. Hey, <laughs> it's never like, oh, I like that dress. It's like, okay, like you said, okay, polka dot. Okay, I see you. Where you going? <laughs> Girl to the grocery store. You know, it's, a, it's very interesting. I experienced that from, my, from our community. I went to an art exhibit um, mm. last month and, you know, I'm a curvy girl. I always been a little curvy girl. And you wear it very well, my Thank ass. you. But it is it's interesting to watch people's gaze change. Because maybe 10, 15 years ago, you know, people didn't really I would be seen as like a big, 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 big girl, even though it's nothing wrong with that, right? Like my Absolutely. grandma been a my grandmother was a plus size queen, diva, okay? Heavyweight. Kept a husband, okay, <laughs> back in the day. Kept a husband to the day she died. And so I come from plus-ass queens, mm. but people would really be, you know, be negative to me about my weight or as I gain. Mm. But for me to go out in a community, and I, I was wearing this orange dress for my birthday, and I got so many people that stopped me and was like, oh, my God, I love your dress. Okay, orange dress, I see you. You look cute, okay. But I'm like, okay, like I wasn't. I mean, I know I got a canvas, but I wasn't expecting so many people to compliment me. Right, right, right. I love it. I love it. So it's, it's interesting. And I was in Colombia. I went to uh, Cartagena mm-hmm. uh, uh, three days after I quit my job. It was epic. It was a legendary time to quit. No, I said, no. okay, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to Colombia for a week, and I'm coming back to run my company. Um, and so we're sitting outside of our Airbnb. We're in... Um, we were in, um, they call it an old town on the coast of Cartagena mm-hmm. in a touristy area. And you see a lot of the black people, you know, they might be working. A lot of the black ladies, they wear like the um, traditional outfits and like the fruit baskets on their head. Mm-hmm. And they take pictures and stuff as a form of income. And so there weren't that many dark black Colombians, which we know the, the boat stopped in a lot of places in the Americas, including theirs. This is true. This is true. Listen, and so all of the darker, almost every darker complected person that was slowing down enough to walk past me as I was sitting outside, mm-hmm. they would walk up to me and put their arm to my arm. Mm. They, could, they knew I couldn't speak Spanish, but it was just like, you are me. And he just smiled and said, yay, you know, gave a little arm bump. And said, okay, yes, I see you, you see me. That That would have made me cry. It was, it was beautiful. I was just like, yes. I'm such a crybaby in moments like that. (laughs) I love that. And I think representation is a thing and even when we talk about sure the Siri? what series talking about doing the mouse so and me, these, on my this, apple watch oh Siri being Take nosy big time uh when i think about the gay agenda 
I think about um, nobody has ever had a child coming out of their birth canal and say, oh, this is going to be the best trans man or trans woman. or <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's always like, oh, he's going to be a ladies' man or oh, he in first grade, second grade. Oh, I'm a little girl checking for him. So it's like, what's really the agenda here? What's really the agenda? It is so normal in these heterosexual cultural spaces that, you know, I'm a part of where mm-hmm. people, um, they don't realize that they're sexualizing children in that way. Ooh, like, you are ooh. not, le- okay, we're going to call the spade a spade. Because why is that normal? Like, he's not thinking about dating or in 20 years, ooh, you're going to be a problem when you get this age. That's not, why are you worried about that? But then on the same hand, they're so, we're so desensitized to say that or asking a little uh, girl, you got a boyfriend when they're in kindergarten, you got a boyfriend. Why do you, that's not cute. It's like she's still trying to learn her ABCs. One, two, three, okay? And you talking about a boyfriend. Now, on the flip side of that, or another layer is, we have these discussions where people don't want their children to be exposed. Oh, we don't want them exposed to gay culture. Why is there two dads? Why are there two moms? And it's crazy because the kids are smarter than the parents. <laughs> the kids are smarter than the parents. They're just like, oh, he has two parents. Yeah, Justin has two moms. They love him very much. Okay. And the kids could care less. All yeah, they want the is damn. a snack. A toy, a treat, or you know, whatever, and of course, making sure they, you know, feel good. Like if it's they us as adults. Listen, it's us. It's our insecurities. If they got some high fructose corn syrup, <laughs> they good to go. Some and red dye forty, okay. A DoorDash app and some Amazon, baby, they good. Yeah, and they gonna wing your motherfucking credit card up like you sit with them Roblox. Now, I don't know what a Roblox is, but I seen this lady uh, where her son had charged so much on her Roblox mm. with her tax returns. Ooh. Yeah, but anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Because we got so much more to go. We got so much Listen, more to go. I was Roblox his butt back to Jesus. Oh, Baby. <laughs> Get him. Can you push him back up in me and we can start <laughs> over? So let's talk about real stories with real people. <sighs> I have to take a deep sigh because this makes me itch. Let's talk about preference when it comes to. Okay, so I'm preface this statement with I've never heard. An Asian man, um, and I'll say any other man in any other ethnicity, nationality, shit on their women. Mm. I've only heard that, and because I haven't heard it, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, but it seems like I only hear about black men shitting on black women, and in the whole culture of protecting black women, 
which has been a thing since the beginning of time. When black women have been the most disrespected, the most denigrated, the most unappreciated by most. Um, so I follow that up with, I want to talk about when it comes to preference and we know the young man, if you know, you living under a rock, um, and somebody says say his name, and I'm not going to say his name. Because the way he disrespected black women. And now that, and this man was from Africa. From the motherland. And the way that he disrespected black women. Got with this white woman. All of the things. And the things and the things that you said black women were, you married that white woman that was all of the things that she was. And I think of like, wow. Like, sir, you actually set your own self up. And anybody that's listening, y'all know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about, good. I know who you're talking about, the young man that is uh, making a lot of news about um, his choices and So from a black woman, from a black woman, I want to let a black woman speak because a lot of these black men get on these podcasts and I'm like, I sometimes want to snatch my own microphone (laughs) because I'm like, are y'all fucking kidding me right now? Mm. you came from a black woman and no you know what I'm gonna let you speak I'm gonna let you speak well it's so many layers to this particular situation that is uh, causing us to have a a communal and cultural conversation about the issue um, when it comes to race and dating and what we see Mm -hmm. now um the particular situation, you know, I know I will respect your uh, your rules and not mention that young man's name, but recently in the news, we had a young, a black man lose his life dating a, a white woman. Um, he was stabbed, you know, stabbed to death and she has faced no consequences. She's enacted the Baker's, the Baker's Act or the Baker's Law saying, you know, her mental health, she's in distress and she's been able to walk free and not face any consequences besides social, um, uh, social consequences, right? Um, but our community, the black community, <laughs> has uh, a lot of black men, and some black women and people who have uh, louder voices in some of these movements have called upon black women to have the activism um, it's for his for justice for him, and largely, the 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 sentiment from black women is. No. Absolutely. And it's no um, uh, before several reasons. The big reason that we're all talking about is tweets surfaced, his mm-hmm. past tweets that were for him to be clear and transparent mm-hmm. from like 2012 and so on. So they were saying he was in high school, but the tweets were, they were so random and seemed unprovoked. Like he wasn't replying to anyone per se. He just would tweet, 
black girls are this and they're bad and they're they are loud and they have weeds and they always twerking and dancing and all of this and when you look at the pattern of the tweets it would be like every three months every three months we were just in his mind rent free and he decided mm-hmm. to tweet about us negatively and so we come to know who he is on the national international level he's living the lifestyle he seems to want then like you're dating a white woman which is fine like we don't care i think where it becomes an issue for us is when it's this comparison i don't like black girls because of this i only right, date right. white girls or other you know they say foreign women because they look like this and whoopty whoop and it's like if that's what you want to do baby do what you do but leave us out of it like you don't need an excuse if that's what you want to do do what you do um it's not uncommon for us to see black men who ascend with a lot of resources um day outside of our community and pass those resources on to other cultures we have seen it time and time again but also on the other side of that when you look statistically 80 percent of married black men marry black women so it's not as common as people think but it gets you know the squeaky wheel gets the oil a lot of times in these situations because you're making a issue out of nothing right and so now we have to you know kind of come to our defense like whoa we don't really care you know what i'm saying like most of the babies that we birth in are black babies okay most of us that are married are married to black men leave us out of it and why do you think that i'm sorry oh i'm sorry um so there's that those layers to it right and now it's like they don't want to hear us say no but it's like we're also on the heels of a black woman being nominated and receiving a supreme court uh seat and we watched Ketanji brown jackson we watched her get utterly disrespected by some of the most mediocre people that have risen to Congress in these positions of power in the country. And what that was for us, it was this petri dish that showed the world how when we ascend into these corporate spaces, we are faced with similar experiences. You are questioned about your um, validity and your worthiness to be in the room right you have to prove we are taught at birth you got to be twice as good to be seen as some kind of equal right and so we watched that happen and we were exhausted as a community of people and then we have you know this is also on the heels of people feeling very passionate about will smith defending jada you know the seeing you know is there's layers to that but there's a a layer of people or a group of people who saw that as a black woman getting her honor defended, right? right, right, right I can't right. I can't say I agree or disagree with that, but that's just part of the story. Mm-hmm. And so then we have a black man lose his life again and they want to talk to well, black lives matter. Why doesn't his? Here's the thing. Every time something go down with our black men, we are there to lift them up. We talked about Tamir Rice. We talked about Trayvon Martin. We talked about George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And every black person, black man in between that has lost their life 
to police violence or to some form of violence, right? Like we've done. And we that. think about even Rodney King. Take it way back, why don't you? Okay. And so what we have seen is when it comes to shaking the table and making some noise and applying the pressure, it comes primarily from our community, from two groups, two subgroups in the black community. Black women, black women and gay, black, and the people in the in the LGBTQIABCD group. Your, that community, we're the ones doing the work. But Absolutely. oftentimes, we don't get the same support. We're disrespected at every turn. And it's and, and from our vantage point, because I am one of the people that are saying, we're going to sit this one out and be up in the bleachers playing Candy Crush. Anybody want some nachos? No. Because we have the brothers with the podcast. And they keep talking cash. They, Jeff Bezos keeps selling them the microphone. Okay? And they talking cash crazy. They talking cash crazy about us in every way they can on their microphones and their podcasts. And it's like, y'all want to leave. Well, here's your chance. Go ahead and leave. But it's crickets. Y'all focus on what we ain't doing, but you ain't standing up for your brother. Go stand up for him. And while you at it, since y'all want to be accountable and lead, stop shooting each other. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. You talking? Clean up the music. Why y'all don't want to? Okay. Stop sipping on lean. When did it become cool to be a crackhead? To be a, uh, I won't say a crackhead because that's disrespectful. It didn't, when was it cool to be a drug, be on drugs in our community? You know what I'm saying? I come from the era, the beef of payphone era, where they were serving it. They weren't using their supply. So let's talk about some things. Straight black men got a lot of work to do. We have coddled and protected them because we wanted our boys to come home. But it's time to level up. It's time to level up. And we have collectively said no. We are literally at war socially with each other because a lot of black women have outpaced the black men economically, mentally, mentally. Literally the wealth everything. gap is wide in everything, right? And it was it's because we had to. We had to. I look at my own personal situation. I can speak for my own self as a black woman. No one was coming to save me. I couldn't rely on a man. Can I speak freely? Girl, you are on the stool. And let me say I this. Couldn't... I'm I'm not going to interject because I feel like you letting it out. You letting it out. So Thank I'm you. just, I'm listening. I'm listening. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I couldn't rely on a nigga to toss water on my ass if it was on fire. Not even my own father. Mm. Okay. That's my truth. And so I had to, you know, care. I could have, but I know if I would have let the young brothers that I was around lead me anywhere, it'd be off a cliff. Hey. Under a bridge. I heard you. Where were you going to lead me to, baby? You had no resources either. And when it, ch- when it came to trying to, like, partner and connect, it's so much ego that you can't, you know. And as I said, I'm not going to fight this, but I'm going to go ahead and get my education because they offering it to me. I'm going to go ahead and fix my credit, okay? I'm going to go ahead and do this. And it was other women who was like, okay, you trying to figure out this? Well, I'm trying to figure out this. Okay, you figured it out. Let me help you. And I think kind of the circle back and I'm going to wrap this thing up like a Christmas present. When my homegirl reached back to me, she reminded me 
And I didn't think nothing of it. She was like, well, when we was coming up, when we were trying to work at this place, every time when you would try to go and get a better opportunity, you would always tell me. Like, okay, we were working at the tent service. Okay, well, I found a, a more stable job over here at the call center at the bank. And she's like, okay. And that helped her along the way as well. You know, I didn't create her career. I don't want to say that. I definitely didn't do that. But I always would share what I knew right, that right. would be helpful, you know. And that's how we have always survived as women, is just <sighs> helping each other out. And, you know, we got our little our women empowerment stuff, and it's a little raggedy. It's a little messy sometimes. But a lot of it has worked. Yeah. So with and that so, being said, I want to lead into the teaspoon of pop culture. And I want to talk about Chloe Bailey. Oh, yes. My boy, treat me like a treat me. Hey. Hey. And I had to turn my music off because I, I don't want them to flag my uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but I, you know, she just released out, just released the, 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 her new song. Um, and I'm, I'm like, girl, can you come out with a whole album? Because, like, I'm here for it. Like, I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. Um, but when I seen the video, I was like, okay, so is she coming into herself? You know, this is a new era for her. But a lot of the disrespect I saw came from black women. Mm. And... So I want you to have that conversation with black women, excuse me, about, and I think we talked about respectability politics. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, she grew up, she was a, she'd been in the industry forever, her and her sister. Mm -hmm. And they are both two different powerhouses. I look at Chloe as like, you know, she about to twerk. Ah, ah, ah. She's still going to sing. She still got that microphone in her hand. You know, they both are teachers of Beyonce. Shout out to Beyonce. Beyonce. To the queen. Can you send me some clothes? Like, I know. Can I get some Ivy Park, please? Little, you know, just a pair of shorts or socks or something. Just give me some I socks. I want the fanny pack. I take a fanny pack. Because I was trying to get them glasses, but they were sold out. But that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, I look at Chloe as the more outright, like, this is my sexuality. This is my movement. But then I look at Hallie as, like, she's making love to that microphone. And she's going to give you the Disney princess vibes. And come on, Ariel. And she's going to hit those notes. Oh, what was Miss Girl's name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? I can't think of her name. Anyway. Um, so anyway, I say all of that to say, um, me as a black man who recognizes that I need to protect black women, are black women protecting black women? Hmm. Well, what I have observed from seeing um, Chloe as a young woman come to her, you know, 
come into her own. And as I mentioned before, the squeaky wheel sometimes gets the oil, usually gets the oil. And the squeaky wheels that are coming up when it comes to her are women and people who have uh, more conservative views when it comes to uh, women in general, when it comes to our bodies, when it comes to, you know, let's face it, we live in a patriarchal society. And um, despite us making so many ways that I mentioned financially with education, there's still this notion that we have to please men. Mm. And that if you Break behave that down. and Break look, that down. Break that down. yes, if you behave and look a certain way, that means that you're going to be rewarded with, you know, maybe the ultimate love of a man and respect of a man, and you'll be treated a certain type of way. And it really just comes down to it. It doesn't matter if somebody's going to treat you like crap. You can you can look like. Let's look at our, you know, one of the people. The other ladies who have done the work, been respectful, had the education, did everything right, checked all the boxes out of her own mouth. She said she was a box checker. Mrs. Michelle LaVon Obama. That disrespected. Okay, a queen. They call her a monkey. They got a looking, you know, caricatures looking crazy. And so it doesn't matter if you look you can be the perfect person on paper. Somebody going to find something to say. And, you know, we live in this culture with, um, you know, Instagram is where you see a lot of it in Twitter. Where we have this mindset of perfectionism. Got to have a certain type of body and a certain aesthetic. Well, she's checking those boxes. And they saw a lot of those same people that are conservative maybe it enjoyed her content when she was family, quote unquote, family friendly. Right, right. You know, her and her sister were very popular on YouTube with doing covers of songs and and doing other like, I think maybe children's programming, if I'm not mistaken, and acting. So a lot of times people who come into the industry, into the national conversation as talent, as kids, they struggle to be seen as adults because it's like, oh, we've seen you as little, little Hallie, little Chloe in the fighting temptations and you were just a little baby. Why are you twerking like this? She's not your child. Right. We didn't raise her. We had sound bites and bits and pieces of her as a child and people struggle with that. And I'm here for it. I love that she keeps doing her own thing. She has agency over her body. She looks freaking amazing. She does. And you know, the, these same people will get over. It's the same group of people who were telling Miss Megan Good that she needs to behave a certain way because her husband was a pastor. Child, let me it on you know, it's the pick me's. Pick me, baby. It don't matter. He ain't going to pick you anyways because he don't want you. And it's for him, you're disposable. Listen, they want the girls. I mean, what kind of fun is you going to have if she ain't never experienced nothing? And I love her. And she's dating, what's his name, Ghana? Yeah, that's what the rumor. She's been tied to Ghana, which is interesting because I see some parallels with her mentor with the dating choice. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every, 
attractiveness is a uh what they say is subjective it is. beauty is in the eye of the beholder he doesn't behold me <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't behold me but he he might not be my cup of tea but he's obviously her her shot of whiskey and that's fine right. same with jay-z he wasn't necessarily looks wise he want my cup of tea swag wise he was a, a, a glass of uncle nearest okay Yo. And with some confidence, I always get you. That you got, you can make me laugh. You got some swag to you. And All I right, you of, uh, Kiki Wired. No, you good. Uh, when I think of Tennessee whiskey, yes, Tennessee whiskey. Yes, Don't get me started. I can't sing. As a <laughs> strawberry wine. I really feel like Chris Stapleton, okay, we switching topics. He needs to go ahead and let her record that and sell it because yeah, that's her song. She killed it. She killed it's it. It's her song. She really did. Oh, I'm going to listen to that once we get off this damn phone, child. Because there's something about that song that maybe rock back and forth. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful weather. Hallelujah. Like I'm going to have to turn it on the home pod. So what's one thing that you want to leave with the people? The thing that you want to speak to another black woman. What do you want to leave her with? Whether hmm. she's older, younger, uh, in between. Take your time. Take your time. Hmm. I want to tell my sisters and really anyone listening, you are enough. Mm. Um, it's not you, it's them. Mm. <laughs> Don't internalize other people's behavior. You can only control what you can control, but speak truth to the powers that come in front of you. I won't say against you, but don't be afraid to speak your truth. Absolutely. And always have an honest conversation with people mm-hmm. and leave a pathway forward. And the pathway forward doesn't always mean acceptance or relationship. It just means maybe that's a pathway for you to walk forward. So you don't hold on to what didn't, what no longer serves you. You you can fill in the blanks with however that shows up for you, but. And what would you tell your 14-year-old self? I would tell my 14-year-old self that you're going to be okay. And it's going to be hard, but you're going to be so proud of yourself, girl. You did that. You did that and still doing it, dipping it and doing it, okay? Ah, Period. All your dreams, you're going to manifest. Material girl, you're going to see, you're going to travel around the world. You're going to love, your heart going to be broken, but you're going to be all right. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And with that being said, I appreciate you being here. 
And with all of the conversations that we have, I always call people after we get off the phone. Just to kind of catch the vibe. Okay. Uh, so let the people know where they can find you at. If you want to be found. Yes, I don't mind being found. Um, you can find me on Insta, on the gram, not on my Finsta. It's my real Insta. And it's totally <laughs> underscore, underscore Tasha, T-A-S-H-A. If you send me a, a, a friend request, I'll let you in, unless you got Forex Trader in your title, because it's oh, scamming. God. If you scamming, don't come my way. Don't hit my line and hit me a request. But if you chill and you want, you like, uh, you know, memes and travel pictures, come holler at your girl. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. With that being said, I thank you and I love you. I appreciate you for always being so transparent, so vulnerable. Um, And I think that there is a little black girl that I think about that is going to hear this and she's going to relate. That's my goal. That's my goal. I appreciate you for having me and giving me a space to share my truth and my experience. And I hope it does resonate with someone. And, you know, if you want to have me back on the stoop. What do you mean if I want to have you? You know you got to come back because the last time we ain't going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That episode never got published. Uh, But this one will. This one will. Uh, so like I said, I'm going to call you back. Um, I hope that and I say this as I look up to the sky that you find peace in the midst of understanding. And with that being said, you are now on the stoop wickle. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. What is up?